takes a lot to get on my show. Genius, you're probably someone we'd like to know. You're really good at stuff, you probably like to dance. You like long walks and you wear clean pants. Genius, get on to my show. Howdy folks, welcome to Living with a Genius. I'm your host, Omar Crook. On today's episode, I have Nino Sanakidze. Now, who is Nino Sanakidze, you say? If you're a pianist in town, I bet you know. Uh, she wears lots of hats at LA Opera. She uh, is a prompter, just like Mia, who I had on last week. Another little bit of interesting behind-the-scenes uh, info. She's a coach. She's a principal accompanist for the Young Artist Program at LA Opera. She's also the principal accompanist for the uh, Operalia competitions, Placido's competitions that he ha holds all over the world. She's a highly accomplished musician. She's been all over the world. We're really lucky to have her at LA Opera. She's also just a really nice, genuine, sweet gal. She's Georgian from Tbilisi, not Atlanta, but you'll know that as soon as you hear her. Uh, what else? Gosh, I guess that's about it. I'm looking forward to the Comey testimony. I mean, I'm preparing myself for heartbreak, you know, but uh, I don't know. It's going to be an exciting couple days here coming up. Keep your fingers crossed or don't. I don't know which side of the fence you're on, but I think you all know uh, what I think. Anyway, uh, Nino Sanakidze, here she is. Here. I think maybe that's too close. Okay. Here? Okay. <laughs> you tell me. Hi, Nino. Hi. Thanks for being on my show. Thank you for having me. I'm real excited. I've got lots of questions, just oh. normal questions. Oh, okay. Because I've known you, let's see, you've been here for like 10 years now? 10 years. Yeah, so I've known you for 10 years, on and off. I mean, we don't, we're not social, but you know, I see you a lot here at work. And I've always had questions for you. Ooh. Now, I was thinking that this episode would be great, again, for, I, I've had a couple of episodes in a row here that have been really geared towards, towards students and how you make a living in music. When I went to music school, I studied to be a Vittorio Grigolo. And then, you know, I don't have that kind of voice. And I, maybe I wasn't born at the right time, or maybe I didn't have the right personality for, for that life. You know, I, I lived as a soloist for a few years and traveled and had an agent, and it didn't suit me well. What school didn't do for me was prepare me to make a living in music in any other way than being the tenor, than being the star of the show. And I see, I talked to Mia last week, and she had a really interesting life, and, and she makes a living in music, and people in the general public don't know who she is, and she makes a very good living. And I assume that that's the same for you. That's what I wanted to talk about. So I know that you came from Georgia, from Tbilisi, is that yes. right? Tell me how you, how you started in music, did you, were you playing piano as a little girl? Yes, since I was five years old. Since you were five. It's, it's a combination of my mom being a piano teacher and a huge cultural movement where every child studied music. Sure. Piano, violin, guitar, whatever it was, everybody had to study it. And then, you know, not everybody, of course, becomes musician, but um, somehow throughout the years, some emerge as either not talented or just not <laughs> wanting to do it sure or they just they're more like scientifically minded or this or that and some stay with it and continue and now some of my friends from that first grade and they're still musicians oh they are yeah. working musicians yes um 
how was it having a, a piano teacher as a mother? Because I know I've got some friends who, well, obviously all of my friends and probably all of your friends are musicians. And the ones who have children who, who uh, where the parents play piano, I found that most of them hire somebody to to teach their kids that teaching their their own kids is really difficult. Was that your experience or did your mom teach you? Uh, she didn't have to hire because we went to special music school, but she did uh, she did try to teach us by herself and at some point she realized that uh, there is not objectivity, there is different approach when you teach your kid, even though she was very tough, but still. Yeah. And uh, so both me and my sister, we studied with different teachers that she you know, recommended, uh, yeah. recommended uh -huh. but she, she was always there. My mom is huge inspiration for everybody, but especially for us. So if there was anything uh, we needed help with, she was always there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. But it didn't turn you off from piano. It didn't hurt your relationship with your mom or because I know that's a risk, right? That you yes. don't, that you do the opposite, that you don't want to do it at all. Yes. And some, you know, I, I imagine in um, teenage years, like regular rebellion comes in mm -hmm. also that, <laughs> that kind of doubles up. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it is until now it is kind of nerve-wracking to play for her because she is just so truly the best in her what she does and so demanding really? and uh, yeah a few years ago she came to um milan when we played operalia mm -hmm. and that's kind of like first time she heard me play for a long time you know since i came to the states as an adult yeah as an adult mm -hmm. yes and when she said like when she said complimentary things, I, I could not believe it because she's very, very hard to please. Um, and of course, um, th there was music always in our house. We have two pianos and there was always somebody, either her students or me on Tata practicing our yeah. poor neighbors. Can yeah, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. um, and, and her personality is just so uh, big and um, it's, it's not something you can even compete with. It just like, stands on its own and you just have to revere and admire and want to be like it. All right. I want to put a bookmark in Operalia because I want to talk about that. But let's talk about how, tell me how you made your way to the States. Did you come directly to Los Angeles from Georgia or how did you make your way? Was it through school? It's, yes, through it school. Was. Well, some uh, in 90s, I don't know how much you've heard about the history, but you know, like after Soviet Union fell apart, there were mm -hmm. several series of wars and sure not, fights for independence yes and, yes. and mm -hmm. um uh, not an easy time and there were times years when there was no electricity no water no you know like it was all rationed and the very very and all throughout the country wow. so it became the time has come when i remember playing and somebody holding literally holding a candle next to the piano because the lights would either go out or the whole concert was in dark right so the pianos had this like wax drips everywhere um like violins would open crack because of the cold and you know uh -huh. those kind of things we all had <laughs> i know it kind of sounds very dramatic it does yeah those like wartime cutoff gloves with the just fingertips yeah, sure. to practice so it's a, for me it's amazing that even with all that hardship there were concerts and people went to the concerts maybe partly because that was the only outlet you know like they didn't have food or television or something and sure. they just wanted something but in any ways um it was kind of difficult time and lots of my classmates went to different places, mostly Europe. Mm -hmm. And um, me and my sister, we neither had means or pl were planning to go anywhere because, you know, it, my family was not 
that could not afford well, it. Wealthy, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, but um, one time in '96, we both went to this competition in Italy, and it just so happened that the prize and you know we both won the prize, and the prize was the scholarship to the university in America, because one of the judges was the professor from this university, and he kind of. Now that I have this job, I understand how the recruiting of new students work. So sure. I I understand how that. But you know, back then it was like miraculous and coincide right. and this and that. So um, and it was an university in Northern Iowa, but back then we didn't know. I knew Juilliard and nothing else. Right, you know? right, so right. How like, close is it to Juilliard? <laughs> yeah, and actually, this professor he kind of said like, "Oh yeah, it's outside of Chicago. It's eight hour drive uh, from Chicago." <laughs> So, um, and my sister actually, she, by the time I was already, uh, I was having um, my master's degree in accompanying and collaborative piano, but my sister was the solo pianist. So she, it was imperative for, and she actually played, she she still plays very well, but back then it was really, really very strong. Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, we thought it was good for her to get out and try. And of course, when you are from there, just like all the American dream, all the Hollywood movies sure. tell you, you just arrive here and it's all, Streets you are know. paved with gold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, of course that didn't happen. Sure. But um, so she came first because she came right after she finished her degree. And since I was not planning to leave, I kind of was not very um, sure I would go. Even though you were aw- awarded the yes, scholarship. I yeah. see. Because, you know, I was working in the conservatory and I was uh, working at this same special music school for gifted children that so I kind of was, you know, yeah, my you life's a... my life's all set. Mm-hmm. Not not in setting the like I'm having good life. It just was like it was on certain yeah, momentum. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but then you know can you can imagine like Tbilisi even with the wars and even everything it was very rich culturally and you know because of my mom we were invited everywhere and there were times when my mom would not buy food but buy the theater tickets and you know like in the middle of it after that for Tata it was really hard to end up in the um, not that Iowa was not good Iowa was actually really good and right. uh, I'll tell you later why but just by herself, because you know Georgians are very close. The families are close. We have all the cousins and everybody, mm-hmm. and so it was very difficult for her. So um, I followed her in um, next year, and of course for me it was much easier because she was already there. She, she already knew the ropes, mm-hmm. and you know like what was hard. Of course, you we were used to practice six seven hours a day, and there when you're in university you have to take classes. You had to take you know whatever it is, different mm-hmm. versions. Mm-hmm. Even my theory placement, because of the difference in the literally language, uh, like theoretical language, mm-hmm. uh, I took my theory placement and the professor said, I know exactly what you want to say and it's all right, except in America we say it differently, so you have to take the course all over again. So it's, Just to learn it's the, similar, the... like, you know, difference between metric system and, you know, like, sure. it's the terminology is different. Mm-hmm. So if you, and, and when you're getting American degree and potentially may be able to teach, mm-hmm. you need to know those things. Mm-hmm. So in other words, that that's how it happened. And um, I loved it as an experience. It was great because I like now that I think back, if we went to um, some big place like Juilliard or sure. MSM or something where um, I spoke little English and but still it would have been like time to adjust and uh, you can easily get lost. You know, I'm from the country nobody even knows exists, you know, so um, it was uh, in, in Iowa, everyone, the faculty was excellent. Huh. The students were, I'm still friends with 
mom and they're they're all doing great so um it was very very encouraging um atmosphere and they all were like because we didn't know anything so the faculty and my friends they said oh you should audition for this and you should go try for this and play for this and everything everybody and was on your side absolutely it mm -hmm. was wonderful so i only remember great things about it so then because of that i dovetailed into i went to summers to aspen to the music academy and then for my doctorate degree, uh, both Tata and I went to the University of Maryland because we met Rita Sloan in Aspen and she was our teacher. Oh. So we wanted to study with her. So we, um, so now we both have doctorate degrees. How from do you decide that? Do you University just click? Maryland. Do you just click with somebody? Did you just decide that I really like this? Yes, this person? I think. So. Well, Rita, there is so much similarities in our the music making the, mm -hmm. the technique, technique and style uh, yeah. philosophy and everything yeah Rita, and then while we were studying in Maryland she totally became our second mom and really took very very tender nice care of us mm -hmm. so then while I was in Maryland um, the auditions for the Washington Opera Young Artists were announced so I took the audition and I got in as a pianist um, so when they do young artists, they take. So I don't. This is something I don't know. I because I only know from a singer. I've been a young artist at a few companies. I didn't know that they took pianists as well as part of the young artist program. Yes, I see. Yeah. In fact, in Washington, the by the time I was the young artist, we also had the young artist director and the young artist conductor. Uh, it was something Maestro Domingo wanted to cultivate and love, you know, because he's mm -hmm. in his mind he wanted to create the next generation. Sure, for of, outreach and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And again, my. Young artist director friend is doing great. She's um, directing all over the place, and um, we. What I love from all of these experiences is I'm still in touch with everybody, and um, I still I love, you know, like there is this sneery form of when people post on Facebook like humbled to announce or something, and everybody like rolls their eyes. Right. I don't like they right. worked hard for it, so let them say something nice yeah. and everybody's going to be happy for them and because you know it, it's an achievement everything is an achievement mm -hmm. so why why be nasty about it mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so um so yeah so when i was in washington i remember the day when i met placido because uh we were rehearsing uh Fledermaus was the opening show and mm -hmm. he he was not singing in it but you know how in the big um you know the banquet scene they always have like guests arrive and sure. everything so he was making appearance as as a guest and it was wonderful um, did the audience just go bananas? yeah of course yeah, of course <laughs> that happened you know to he, me. <laughs> he doesn't have to even know he steps on stage and everybody just <laughs> that happened yeah. to me in Traviato when I was yeah. singing Giuseppe I come out and I sing my line to Nino you know she's with a letter and everything yeah. and I get this big applause I'm standing just for a moment I think oh well, God damn, I'm, I sang the hell out of that. I turn around, of course, Placido would just <laughs> walk on the stage. <laughs> well, you did sing really well. <laughs> but, uh... And he's so funny because afterwards, backstage, he's drinking his water. I came off and I grabbed him by both shoulders. I said, Maestro, did you hear my Giuseppe? They loved it. And he almost spit his water on me. He said, oh, Omar is very good. Yes, very good. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, what makes him so wonderful is he's so human. Like I he know. can joke and he can appreciate and he, he will say totally human things that we, I sometimes, even after all these years of working with him, I have him in such like high pedestal and reverence and everything that I forget. I know. So then I'm like, oh, he really loved that the he's joke. He's just a normal, <laughs> yeah. nice guy. Yeah, a very sweet yeah, man. Really, yeah. really, and, and a great colleague. So yeah. devoted to um, 
because you know he says when he was young he, there was no young artist programs and everybody had to kind of like find their way. their way up, yeah. so mm-hmm. he's i think one of the biggest legacies obviously his performance career and mm-hmm. everything but the young Creating artist programs the and the competition of, yeah. is uh, going to be a huge legacy yeah yeah so. okay so you're at washington national and yeah and and uh, and so in the two years of being there you know when you're a pianist in the young artist program mm-hmm. and i talk with our pianist mm-hmm. often about it you know i mean the business or industry of the opera is not naturally it's geared towards singers mm-hmm. so and the singers are the ones that are on stage and you know like part of the reason not many people know what mia does because she's the one supporting like all of us there we're backstage we prepare we are supportive and everything but eventually it's you guys that go up there and right make it's the sounds show. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um and then you know there there can be an attitude of like why do singers get all the attention and not me or I mean, with that attitude, you cannot get anywhere because then you're in the wrong profession. That's right. And like you said uh, about the performance um, the personality, it's same with the personality of what we do. Like if you are the one that wants to be on stage and mm-hmm. do something, do it. It just this job is not fitted to that. So. Um, so in other words, all these two years, we had lots of concerts and performances and everything because in Washington, there are lots of embassies. So we would have sure. uh, themed recitals. And so apparently uh, without, I didn't really know, but you know, Maestro Domingo, he, I mean, I knew he was there, but he, I didn't know he was paying attention, but I guess he was. Yeah. So when I finished the Young Artist Program, I freelanced one year and including Los Angeles. I came here to work on Pagliacci. And were you working while you were in school as well? I mean, yes. you were gigging, yes. getting your doctorate. Yeah, because what happened is, uh, well, that one semester was particularly difficult because I was having my camps and, you know, all of this while being a young artist pianist, which is a very busy mm-hmm, job. Mm-hmm. So... Um, oh, I see. So, you were doing that at the same time yeah, as you were getting... Yeah, I, yeah. I understand. I'm sorry. Yeah. And... Um, so I came to Los Angeles to mm-hmm. work on Pagliacci in 2005. It was my um, first freelance job out of the Young Artist Program. Uh, Bill Mendice was working. He hired me. I sent him a letter. I said, you know, I just finished the Washington Program. And, yeah. you know, so... Was that w- with Alanya? That was with Alanya yeah. and Georgia. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, um, and they actually, they were very nice to me. Okay. Very nice because well, I was I was living in downtown. <laughs> I was stuck here, and they took me anywhere they went. Nice. You know, they had a, they had a car, they had a driver, and everything. So it was very nice. And you know, I was nobody, so I felt extremely yeah. honored. And I, I even I even went to her birthday, and you know, yeah. So um, so in other words, when and I loved everything here immediately as I stepped into the theater. There is just different atmosphere that makes this distinctly different from the East Coast. Is, I, is it more I, casual, more fraternal, it's, more um, like it's a family? The, it's the general warmth and uh-huh. the and the like tempo of the things. You know, what I felt, uh, I mean, I loved Washington too, but just in general, I think East Coast has little more tension, mm-hmm. understanding of that's how we do things. Mm-hmm. And um, here, I just liked how things were getting done without pulling everybody's hair out and right. you know, like running around amok. And, right. So I, I felt very, very comfortable. And in some way, nature-wise and the you know landscape and everything reminds me of Georgia a lot. Hmm. So it just so happened that then Maestro Domingo came back and he said, how did you like Los Angeles? And I said, oh my God, I loved it. And he said, oh, that's great because I want to start the Young Artist Program and I want you to 
go there and help me with it. And I said, are you kidding? You're serious? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And they, the company liked you very much. So they... It's a, it's a no I problem. Like, what? <laughs> First of all, like, how do you say no to Blasdo even if he sends you to like Antarctica? But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like one of those super happy moments in my life. Yeah. I said, absolutely, of course, no, no question about it. And so what about in, Tata though? Was Tata still? Tata was still studying. Yes. And, uh, and after some time, then Tata auditioned to the program in Washington and she went through that oh, same program. She took and, your place. Uh, and then she went to Adler and Merola and everything. So she she did okay. Yeah, she's she's doing great. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's how I ended up here in Los Angeles. And this Los was two thousand. That was two thousand six. Is when I st- my first official year as a full time person here. And I know that you, uh, like you mentioned before, you travel with Placido to do Operalia, and that. Uh, well, how did that? Did you start that right away as well? No, actually, I, I remember time because Zapralia is such a prestigious institution, and I remember times when I was like, "Oh, I wish I could play Zapralia," you know, because it's. Uh, I don't like. First of all, in my reverence to Plasto, no matter how many years I spend with him, I can never work out the nerve and just go and ask him something because I just don't. I. It's not my character. You know? See, that's funny how you mentioned the difference in personalities between singers. And pianist, because remember, I, a couple months ago, I, I just went up to him and asked him to be on the podcast. And it's funny how the the different uh, personalities present themselves. Yeah, well, you know, and I, and I'm not saying I'm good or not good or whatever. It's just like me maybe personally. Maybe you're smart, and I'm not. No, no, no. I'm sure he will love to do it. It just you know his time is usually so so crunched. No, I know. Yeah. But. Um, you know, I, I always say like I have so few pictures with him because there are two hundred people taking pictures. So I, I, I don't want to be two hundred and one to you know. I feel the same way. I got one picture with him when I made my premiere in Foscari with him, and it was I just waited by his dressing room on the day that they're taking pictures for the costumes, yeah. and I just took like very quickly as he was walking by. But that's about it. Yeah, and and that's wonderful. I'm and I because I love seeing his pictures when you know his fans and followers and family they you know because it's just wonderful. Yeah. Uh, but you know I'm just shy, strange. Anyway. <laughs> um, so of course I, I I could not have asked him that. But in 2008, uh, some I don't know. Apparently I went through. I don't know if it was like they used to have local pianists and then they used to have their own pianists or something. Mm-hmm. So in 2008, there was an opening and they asked me to go and play. And since then, I've played every year. Is it always in the same place or no, does it, it moves? It's a, every year it's indifferent. That's part of the greatest bits about the job. Okay. Is um, this year we're going to Astana, Kazakhstan. Wow. I know. Okay. But I have played in La Scala. I have played in Budapest. I've played in, uh, we were in Moscow. We were in Quebec City was my oh, uh, first yeah. um, first time. And then, um, so since then, in 2008, then we kind of established the team mm-hmm. of, um, so it's me, Mayra Huang, Israel Gursky, and then Tata joined in several years after. So now it's four of us that always play. So wow. we hope it stays that way. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I get the idea that you've really dedicated all your life to playing the piano. Uh, what, I mean, are there any big sacrifices that you feel you've made? Looking back, do you wish you'd done something different? Or how about your personal life? Is that something that you can maintain? Or how does that go? Um, I don't look at it as a sacrifice. Okay. But yeah, personal life is kind of... The, no family? The, um, no, not, not on my own. Mm. I have... Um, well, of course, yeah. And, and uh, 
you know, I was thinking about this this morning. If once, or maybe again, it's my personality, not everybody has to live by this, but mm-hmm. um, in some way, like once you get used to living by yourself, it's really kind of difficult to, to start, um, you know, having partnership or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, so because of this, it is easier for me because I don't, I don't miss uh, miss uh, not having personal life so much. But for anybody who is normal, who is not like me, uh, who wants to have family and, you know, whether it's children or not, but in any case, this business is difficult for pianists or singers alike. Yeah. It's uh, just like you said, you know, like I have friends who decided not to be soloists for the reason that they don't want to be out of their city for exactly 11 how months. exactly it was for me. Yeah. I was gone for eight months uh, a year. Yeah. And that's difficult life. So yeah. like, and in some way, part of, you know, there are people who come to Young Artist Programs, not necessarily here, but everywhere else, mm. and um, kind of like go through the somewhat similarized mm-hmm. or process. And you come to very a often they may say, I don't want this, like, this is not the life for me. Mm-hmm. And it is very legit. Um, decision mm-hmm. so i'm i'm always um understanding of of those things but for myself you know as i said i totally live and breathe by and it's not just music it's theater too like you know growing up with the theater all my childhood mm-hmm. i love i love it so much that you know the combination of theater and music that is opera is just beyond the most amazing thing that i can ever do mm-hmm. so and um I mean, and I love the whole production. I love backstage. I love doing everything. So I don't view it as a sacrifice. But yeah, I admit there is no nothing much going on. I mean, have you? Um, did you leave anybody behind in Georgia? Or yeah. I mean, do do you find? I, I mean, your sense of personal attraction to other people doesn't die. How do you? No, no, and you know, like I'm. I think also it helps that I'm not really the type, probably. Here it goes for the <laughs> for the centuries to come. Uh, I'm not very much into committed, long term. Let well, me rephrase it. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe there will be time when someone comes along and I will decide that I really don't want to spend one second without that person. Yeah. Um, I have not. That, that has, has never not happened, happened yet. Ever. So once that happens, then we'll see. But um, it's. Uh, so, but to answer your earlier question, yes, my mom, my dad, my brother with his three adorable children is back in Georgia. Yeah. And I will see them in July. I see. Yes. Okay. Um, and I have, uh, well, obviously, Tata and uh, her adorable daughter, Dea, they live in Texas. I will see them now in next week. Yeah. And I have godchildren. And uh, so, like, I'm always surrounded with so much love and so much um affection and uh, just friendship and everything that can be personal and emotional that um, I don't feel void. And, you know, I recognize I'm totally weird about it. Why is that? I mean, where does that come from? I mean, where... I don't know. The the lack of... Because I... I, Like I said, I... One of the reasons that I couldn't do the job required of me as a soloist was that I, I need that... I don't know if it's more than normal... But now, you know, I've got two kids and uh, I, I own a house. I've got a be- beautiful wife and uh, I, it seemed to have turned out okay. I, 
I don't know. I I have this. Maybe I have a. Maybe you just don't have that drive in you to to be with somebody. Like uh, I have this biology in me that's just like. Yeah, I agree because I mean I don't think it's the job that makes me do that. You yeah. know, like I think in any other profession, I probably because it's just me. I like being by myself. You I do. like. Uh, I'm not miserable if I'm by myself. You know, mm-hmm. like there are some people constantly need company, and uh, and then there are some people who are in the middle. They can do sure, either of or course. like more normal. Thing. I mean, maybe that's why you're so successful as a pianist because wow. spending seven, eight, nine hours in the practice room uh, isn't torture for me. It's torture. Like it was a joke at, at university for me. Like they'd never find me in a practice room <laughs> ever. I just couldn't Where take is it. Omar? Not in the practice <laughs> not in, room. No worries, not. Yeah. <laughs> Check the lawn. Yeah. Well, it's something that's like beating you since childhood, and you know, as you, when you're a five year old, nobody wants to do that. And you know, I remember being, oh, why do oh, I have did? to do you, that? You really? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And and then, for example, now some of my friends here. They come to me and they say, "Oh, I wish my mom pushed me on to play piano more because you know here they say, "Oh, the child doesn't want to do it, so why would we push it?" But right. you know, obviously, the old Soviet education is not like that. It's like, no, you <laughs> will do it no matter what. <laughs> so, and I'm sure it's same with like sports. All of those gymnasts don't do it That's right. because they wanted to. You know, somebody. That's the American thing, them. right? It's all yeah. about sports. Yeah, I mean, we do that yeah. to our kids if it's football or, or gymnastics. Yeah, swimming, yeah, because know. it's there is something about I mean, yeah, it's all art and music, but even the singing, you, uh, it is so athletic. You know, you have to put those hours in just like you put hours in the gym because sure. there is just basic physical strength that needs to be achieved mm-hmm. so in singing, in piano, in gymnastics. You, you can be all. I mean, I can flail my hands and sure. you know throw around the ball, but that doesn't mean that I'm a gymnast. Sure, you know? sure. So there needs to be some. That's um, a great thing about. And that's a training. That's best right. Training. That's a great sure. thing about being in the chorus here, especially when you get, you know, the whole the whole season. I'm just I'm singing all the time, so I don't have to work out that much. I just come to work. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes I feel like that too because you know, like the obviously when you have to prepare so many so much material yeah. and you know like score after score after score. Um, sometimes I think like, oh my God, if my mom heard that, she would have heart attack because it's not like detailed. It like you know, left hand is not That's as perfect right. as it you know. Yeah, you're making the sausage. Pianist thing is, <laughs> yeah. But then you know, like that's another thing that um, sometimes the pianists that are solo pianists that become because obviously the biggest cliche about this is that oh you could not play, therefore you became an accompanist. It's Oh, I see. That's what everybody because understanding is that this is so much like as a material, it's so much easier than it's like being a chorister. A, it's exactly. like oh well, you can make it as a solo. Yeah, so you, right. but you know, obviously, both of those are wrong. Right. And the reason they're wrong, it's because you know there is no comparison. What's better or what's wrong or what's harder or what's not? It's not even that. But the different skill set that comes with both jobs, mm-hmm. you know. So. Um, and the desires for your life as exactly, well. There are exactly. There's lots of reasons. Yeah. So if I have to study a score and obviously have to learn eight different lines of words and singing and you know how it goes and style and uh, whatever it's done with it, you mm-hmm. know, and know how to do Mozart versus Wagner, mm-hmm. obviously that's not necessarily the skill solo pianist will need to because you know they just not they just but like they will practice their set of right. skills which is i don't need i don't right. need to play perfect octaves and perfect trills it's nice if i can which is you know thankfully i can because i've had this great education but it's it's not impressive to anybody like as you're a chorister and you're sitting in the rehearsal 
would you rather hear the cue from a pianist or hear the greatest octaves you've ever right. heard? <laughs> right. Totally useless, right? Right, right. Just so, take it a little louder right before we have to sing. Yeah, exactly. We, we like obscure, obscure, obscure <laughs> our entrance, <laughs> you know. So that's kind of something that, um, and especially younger pianists that kind of look, find for that footing have to struggle with a little mm -hmm. bit is like what to give up and what to what exactly what's because important. you know they say oh what well, i learned this but it's not learned the way we learn it yeah. which is it's not useful with all these other stuff whether you, you learn know? it or not it's not, yeah it yeah. has to be useful yeah so um yeah it's it's very interesting to uh watch because everybody's so unique i mean even in our theater jeremy mia me susan everybody who comes through here is just so uniquely different yeah because the job is kind so of varied. uniquely different and varied. Yeah. I talked to Mia about being in the pit and uh, I wanted to talk to you about that too because we, uh, you know, I see you down there a lot and do you enjoy doing that? Do you enjoy being I a prompter? Love it. Yes, I love it. Absolutely <clears throat> love it. In the box? Yeah. I, I love it for several reasons um, and there is no rhyme or order for it. It's just whatever comes to mind first. But, um, you know, in general, I love being involved in backstage and preparation and everything because mm -hmm. you know even like look at the sketches and then when i see an actual costume that came up from that picture it just so it's thrilling amazing, right? to me yeah. absolutely and um you know like from that first day of director's presentation and uh first music rehearsal and everything like to see how it all builds up and becomes the show that then 3000 people applaud to right and and then you it, start all over again exactly with the next one so and then obviously when it, it's uh, I've had some other prompter friends tell me that, oh, I like it because I feel so powerful. It's not necessarily, I don't feel powerful. I feel, you know, somebody said, the more difficult it's on stage, the bigger Nino smiles. I just feel like I need to be there as a cheerleader. Yeah. And obviously help when it's needed. But mostly it's like, you're doing I it. I am just so happy <laughs> and everybody's doing so well. So it's like just really, I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and you're right in the middle of the action. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And that's great. To, like I do have greatest seat in the, like when Placido just sits down in front of me and just sings heartbreaking, weeping, beautiful thing. I mean, what else? I mean, there are very yeah. few things in the world that can be better than that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I, I go to rehearsals, I kind of, my style is not to constantly prompt and speak. Mm -hmm. Again, it's a very varied mm -hmm. profession, so mm -hmm. everybody has their own things. And just like every singer has their own preference. So mm -hmm. I do approach them and I ask them if I don't know them already, uh, what do you want and what do you need? Right. And, you know, like, and do you they, anticipate like you'll learn when a singer uh, doesn't know the words in this spot or a singer doesn't know the rhythm in this spot? You, you learn that pretty quickly yeah, yeah in rehearsal because in, i've be learned that some some things just the way singer's brain works mm -hmm. there are times when they're like completely solid but if there is one glitch that glitch may go all the way through the right, run you right. know like it's so crazy how your there brain are times, does that yes yeah and there are times when i'm kind of like on alert around the time around those uh, specific moments mm -hmm. and um you know i i try to do what's what everybody um, likes, you know, yeah. and uh, still be efficient and help conductor yeah, yeah. and everything. So um, sometimes you see me like, ah, yeah. here, yeah, watch, yeah. watch, you know, because um, since, especially since I'm in the middle of the orchestra and first orchestra rehearsals are always tough because um, everyone has gotten used to like this percussive 
compound sound of the piano mm-hmm. in the room. So once you get to the orchestra, of course, the sound is much more spread and delayed and mm-hmm. all of those things. So mm-hmm. um, the downbeat's obscured. Sometimes. There are some yeah. singers mm-hmm. who are just so secure and sure in what they do. They just still sing whatever, mm-hmm. and that's admirable. Like Placido. Yeah. If he, do, if he knows it or doesn't know it. No, he it's sings amazing. it with great confidence. Absolutely. It's unbelievable. And exactly. And then there are some who listen to the orchestra, listen to themselves, and that in that moment, it's even if it's like 15 second delay, it still so, then builds up and you mm-hmm. know, there's, so um, in some way I kind of like traffic cup that little yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why and, is it sometimes Mia and sometimes Lumberskaya and sometimes you and sometimes, why um, is it, why do you switch out of the prompter's box? Um, Does it depend think, on repertoire or? No, I, I don't think so. I think we just rotate um, huh. because I don't think, um, even though we only have six shows, I don't think one person can do all six because we always constantly rehearse something on top of each other right. and everything. So right. um, I, I'm not sure if it's any, um, I mean, I'm always lucky that it's with Placido or um, or my friends, like yeah, when Nino like comes, Nino, yeah. you know, yeah. so that's great. Yeah. The, this year, the funniest, well, I mean, it's it is eventually, it's a very great job until when it's really hard. Yeah, tell, like what, this what year, mean? what was really hard was the sextet of of man when I literally had to speak to Everybody. almost three people <laughs> at the same time, and 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 then because there are some singers who see that's that's another thing. Like that's why I ask them what's useful for them. Some singers like to be given a line before. Yes, and then there are some singers who. If you give line before, that's when they will sing it. So you need to give it right at the time. And there are some that need like a split second before. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's why they sextet. I like the sp- split second before. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why sextet was kind of strange because there were different uh, personalities on stage, and I was like, wait, how do? Okay, so I'll do this first because he wants it early, and then I will do this because he wants it on time because otherwise he will not come in. And you know, it was just. It really was very yeah. entertaining, like computer game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now, as far as uh, for the students out there, as far as making a living goes, uh, uh, you're you're paid year round here at the opera, and then you go out and do other things. Is that right? Yes, I'm. Uh, well, I mean, how for, do you make for, a living doing what you're doing? Basically, is the um, question. Well, I'm. I think, luckily for me, I am a singular, truly person who really was in the right place, right time, and I will never there stop counting. There are many count- of you out there. I will never yeah. stop counting my blessings because um, there are probably 10 positions like mine in the country, I'm, or however Maybe many Agatis yeah. programs are, and yeah. then they have head coaches. So, But they don't play for Operalia, so really you're, he, you're well, one of four. I'm really I recognize how lucky I have been and how wonderful it is Um, it is hard job especially now obviously with economy and everything and everybody's trying to cut the corners and everything Um, the other day I was at the panel at USC where it was me and Stacy and uh, two other professionals who because Stacy and I work in the opera world Stacy hires singers for the education and obviously Mm -hmm. we do for the young artist program Mm -hmm. and these two other people work for like hiring for the movies and uh, hiring for like recording projects and everything Mm -hmm. so it was Jasper or who who, who was with you do you remember um, John Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. and uh, so it was 
it was very interesting for me to learn oh. how many other ways as a singer you can make a living. Sure. And of course, as an instrumentalist, especially in this kind, in this city, I have all my friends play in the studio orchestras. Mm -hmm. For pianists, it's not so rich because um, if they need one pianist, it has to be like very specific pianist, arranger, composer, mm -hmm. things. So not necessarily like your standard classical mm -hmm. musician. What is that noise? Somebody. Is somebody singing in the stairwell? Are they stuck? Oh, yeah, stuck in the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> that happens too, stuck in the elevator. Yeah, the last thing I did in here, they started construction and it sounded, anyway, uh, this oh. room, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Mm. I just, I just thought no, it was No, this is better. where I do it. This is my, oh, okay. uh, this is kind of my, diff my I office. And this was better wine. than my office where everybody's. This is, no, this is perfect. Okay. Um, um, so, as, and as a pianist, uh, there, I constantly receive, um, whether it's a coaching request or like play rehearsal at the field or play rehearsal here and there, which I don't, I cannot do. So mm -hmm. um, I kind of have list of pianists that I refer, uh -huh. refer or mm -hmm. send. And um, I think, I think just like in everything, it's about like building your reputation and mm -hmm. building your, you know, I, I was talking to the young artist pianists when I was a young artist, uh, the the friends that I made now are the professional singers. So because they remember how well we worked as a young artists, they call me up and they want to come and coach. So I tell them now, this next generation is your friends who will become professional singers mm -hmm. and will start hiring you to work with them. So it starts at this level. It starts at this yeah, age. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, there are. There's this and there's that and yeah. you know. Is this what you want to do for the rest of your life? Is this if you could do this job, or do you have some other, some other things in mind? Um, when you I, get older, I mean, you're only I'm 35 not, right now. So no, you're so kind. You got a little time. <laughs> I'm not, but thank you. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not. Do you plan ahead that way, or do you just kind of let things? No, come? and actually, I think about it because you know, like usually the normal path or the path that we see often from this is how people become conductors mm -hmm. but I'm not really maybe I shouldn't say it out in the other universe but it's not something I'm I feel I'm not ambitious enough I'm not uh, it's not something I aspire to you don't need it seems so, like you don't need to be the star or you don't really want I'm, to be the star I'm not I'm okay with not being a star right okay so and and maybe that's not a good thing but I don't know I'm oh. I would rather be content with myself and not and have great relationships and great friendships and not to be competing with others and uh, I because I think one of one of the qualities I like in myself is how I can admire others work mm -hmm. and that can be someone who is not my peer who is you know younger than me mm -hmm. or not as experienced and but you know I never have that feeling of I need to know, be the yeah exactly top dog yeah huh so, okay. so we'll see I mean how about teaching um I enjoy teaching I part of the part of big part of what I love here is the theater and production mm -hmm. so I'm not sure I see myself removing my myself from it mm -hmm. into the academia mm -hmm. but do you prepare ne for never, retirement? never say never <laughs> I mean do you have a retirement plan and thing you know that's the reason the reason I ask is that as classical musicians we really don't have a you know, it's not like we work at IBM where there's a 401k and there's a clear path to retirement and you know how you're going to end up as a as an older person. And I mean, it's for me, I'm 47. I've got a one and a half year old daughter and 
four and a half year old boy. And uh, I'm not sure how I'm going to retire. I don't know. Do you prepare yeah, for that? No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the help. <laughs> well, um, I, I mean, I do what everybody else does. Like sure. I have a Put money away. savings account or something, yeah. and you know. But it's I, again, I'm not ambitious or aggressive enough to actually act upon it and you know invest or do yeah, something. I'm the like, same way. Yeah. And uh, it, it's not. It could be a couple things. Like for example, when when we were little we all had savings accounts and you know my parents and grandparents they were, because that was the thing you did you mm -hmm. just like here you know yeah. you receive a salary and some of it goes towards your future mm -hmm. and of course then soviet union collapsed and all of that became obsolete the money became i mean my grandfather had cash in house that just was paper at the time you know so yeah. in some way um and i'm big proponent to savings and I tell everybody that they should do plan right. further but you know sometimes I question like what if something like that happens you know like right not to get into like deep right situation so but but mostly mostly and it's it could be completely foolish of me but like I prob I just you know things have happened to me that Same I have not me. planned Same with me so, you kind of trust in the universe yeah Yeah I just leave it up to the world and you know inevitably you know I think of people who are like my colleagues who are older who have kind of had great careers and now maybe are on the way uh, sure. to more relaxed life and everything and I think how what I would do how would I feel about it you know like so sometimes I do think but I'm not sure if I'm really good at like, <laughs> planning so that's where you marry somebody rich uh, yeah, sure. Rich people. <laughs> yeah, uh, because it's kind of like um, I, I, it's, it's a question of like, do we like today's what is that today's egg or tomorrow's chicken or right whatever those things are right. the, the expression. Yeah, no, I, and I, I'm not spendthrift in any ways, and you know, like there is still moment you know element of like we have to help the family back in Georgia and everything. So. But um, yeah, you know, we'll see how the whole yeah, retirement lots of time comes. Ahead of you. Yeah, the 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 one the good thing is that pianist is not a singer, so we could technically or in practicality play longer. Mm -hmm. Of course, the bad thing is that pianist salary is not comparative to singer <laughs> salary. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. but it's also um, like. In, is in everything it will be inevitable like the new generation comes right. and the new everything comes there were pianos that play by themselves so you mm -hmm. know like when they were invented everybody was oh, we the lost the job yes <laughs> or or those like pre-recorded accompaniment cds or everything of sure. course it's it's silly because you know nothing can replace a real breathing person that breathes with you and exists with you and you know supports you but I mean, there is some truth of like robots do replace mm -hmm. <laughs> some things. Well, yeah. I mean, as far as things go, like you say, I think we're pretty low on the list of being replaced. Yeah. That's a great thing about singers, too. Yeah. Robots no, because over the live performance, you know, like with all the recordings and everything, there is just so much. The I think exactly the part that it may not be perfect is what makes it so exhilarating. I totally agree. So it's absolutely a must. Absolutely. In, ev in every genre live performance has to it just even when I climb in my box and you know my heart just starts beating you know just from orchestra tuning and you know guys sweeping the floor and yep. everything it's just like <gasps> so fun I know I feel the yeah. same way after 12 seasons here I I love every second I go out on stage yeah. with all my friends yeah so but you know obviously um, these 
in general, always being in nonprofit is not profitable, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you yeah, know. Yeah, what's the we future? All... I mean, what's the future? Is it is opera, everybody said opera's dying for the last 50 years, and it doesn't seem to be. No, I think it's, it, it there were times probably when it was, and I was not around for that time, but like when there were people who literally just lived because they wanted to hear this person or that person and everything. And, but thankfully there are still some of the stars of today, they mm -hmm. are like that, that people will travel to hear. I mean, there is a huge group that follows Placido, Placido mm -hmm. everywhere. And I'm sure it's the same for every, for Renee, for mm -hmm. everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Who is that? magnitude mm -hmm. of a star Diego, sure. absolutely mm -hmm. so um it may not be um no i don't i don't think it will be what dying. happens when placido passes away oh we don't want to think about it <laughs> um i don't know what happens to the art form what happens to la opera i'm not sure i mean i'm i i'm sure la opera will continue to thrive e even only if to you know uphold his legacy but mm -hmm. also because the company is in such strong Good. footing mm -hmm. and um, you know everybody in leadership has done phenomenal job mm -hmm. in even in what is it 30 years now and uh, to make it uh, appear to like all these companies and you mm -hmm. know biggest companies in the country so that's um i have no doubt it will be all good it just we hope I it mean, will be the ambassador of the, of the whole art form and the, really the greatest singer of yes. all time yes so i think the bigger question will be like it it will be the global yeah tragedy Catastrophe. You know? yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah. so well we hope it's not i know <laughs> i just can't believe i i mean I, i'm I'm, let's see, uh, I'm 30 years younger than he is, and I, I don't think I could manage his schedule. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The schedule and the head, I kind of picture his head is this like, you know, sh library shelves where he just pulls out a score and says, oh, today I'm singing this. Okay, so let me, it's a row, you yeah. know, refreshes in his head. Then he pulls it back and then pulls out another score. It's just and, unbelievable. And he pulls out a fresh score yeah. in between. It's He's adding to his repertoire. I mean, yes. nobody in the history of the art form has sung more roles than Placido. Yeah. Yeah, I flew with him recently from New York and all the way he was studying because he's he's singing Don Carlo except not the tenor part obviously. Yeah. So um and uh and that's even harder when sure. you know one one part and We had uh, Ford Lanetto here I think the last time we did Don Carlo, yeah, Ferruccio. Uh, yes, he did the uh, Ferruccio the king, did yeah. the king, yes. Yeah. Is that yeah. what Placido sings? No, he will sing um, the baritone, uh, the posa. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. So and uh you know, it was Jeez. it was a long flight, and he studied all the time. Yeah. Were he, were, does he fly commercial or was he flying yeah. private? Yeah. Well, both. I I think I'm, as far as I know, generally commercial, unless there is like some really time crunch or something yeah, sure. that requires. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's funny because I see him as just such a normal. I know you. I mean, I see him obviously as a star. I. I the very first role I sang ever was Jose, and I listened to Placido and uh, Julia McGinnis. And uh, and then right when I started singing, I happened to be in New York, and I I saw him uh, at the Met. And uh, I went backstage, and I met, um, it was for Carmen, and I met uh, Alanya and Georgiou in their dressing room as well. And... I just, 
I don't know. I was just so bold. I was just so blown away by meeting all those people. And now I make a living with these people. And yeah. it's just, uh, I don't know. It's incredible. It is. When uh, when the Traviata came out, the movie, yeah. uh, we were still in Georgia and we were little. And uh, and it was played in the big screen theaters like uh, Blockbuster, like, you wow. know. And, and it was sold out. And the, just because people have not seen beauty like that. And, you know, like it was not that we were exposed so much of Zeffirelli's work or Placido's yeah. work or anything. So... Um, I, my, my sister has this very funny story about how she would like, you know, go back a million times and just sing around the house, the whole opera. Yeah. And my dad was like, oh, my God, I lost my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so and uh, and of course, it's Placido. So even now and my mom has met him numerous times and everything. But the for the first six years, she kept asking me, that's the tenor that's singing on the Traviata DVD that we have. Right. And yeah. I said, yes. But you work with him, but he's on the DVD. <laughs> but he's a star. And I said, yes, mom, yes, yes, that's right. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, it yeah, is. So I, it it is, is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And well, once you look at the, I mean, he's celebrating 50 years of his career. This I saw year. that at uh, Stadtsoper. He did the yeah. Stadtsoper and he will do Berlin this next, in the, the soon. And uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Just the, the career legacy and, uh, and what everybody will remember about him for sure is the generosity and kind spirit and the humanity that he has. I agree. Absolutely. They're so. really going to remember that about you too, Nina. Oh, we all think the same sweet. about you here. Oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. That was Nino Senekidze. Thanks, Nino, for being on the show. She's a tremendous musician. One of the backbones of LA Opera. I don't know if I've ever... I don't think I've ever called her the backbone of Ellie Opera, but she certainly uh, toes the line. She really uh, helps everybody out. And she's just a, a really sweet person. She's always smiling, always in a good mood. One of these people that really, really loves her job. It's nice to be around those folks. You know, they're few and far between. I want to thank Greg Geiger for helping me with my theme song over a year ago now. God, can you believe it? Still loving it, buddy. Couldn't have done it without you. And I want to thank you all for listening. I couldn't, can't do this without you either. I, boy, I really tripped over that. I can't, I can't do this without you, without your listening support and your financial support. If you want to throw me a couple bucks, go to my website and hit donate. It takes about two minutes. That brings me to something else, too. I wanted to get your advice, all you listeners. Should I go with a Patreon page where... If you so choose, you could, you know, throw me three bucks a month or five bucks a month or whatever automatically. You don't even notice it. Should I talk to advertisers? I've got a couple of advertisers interested. I don't know if you want to hear ads. I could probably make them funny. I could read them myself. I don't know. Why don't you send me an email? L, uh, what is it? God, what is my email? Omar at lwagpod.com. You can call, call the number on the website. Shoot me an email. Send up smoke signals, uh, you know, fly a pigeon over with a little note on its leg. That would be cool. Uh, whatever. I want your participation. Maybe I'll send out a survey. I don't know. That's enough. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Always remember to be kind. Thanks again, and until Good next stuff. time. You probably like to dance. You like long walks and you wear clean pants. Genius. Get onto my show.